Amen. Hallelujah. Well, look, it is good to be here in the house of the Lord tonight. We are going to have a, a time of worship. I have a word that, that the Lord has given me. I want to make sure I share with you tonight to challenge you. Um, I know there's a lot of people walk, watching online, people that have been sick and all. But listen, make sure you're here Sunday, Sunday, because we're gonna, uh, I'm going to attempt to get to point one of the sermon I preached Sunday. Um, yeah. Sunday I started preaching on uh, being Pentecostal and how it's more than just speaking in tongues, and I never got to point one. Uh, I don't know, know why. We got off. Yeah, it was kind of weird. So uh, Sunday we're going to try, and uh, point one is about faith, uh, supernatural faith through the Spirit of God, but uh, we're going to try. So make sure you're here Sunday for that for sure. But uh, hey, let's continue to pray. Pray that God's Spirit would move in the services Again, I know people have been sick, but hey, let's not uh, forsake the assembling of ourselves. Amen. If, if you're not running a fever and you're beyond your quarantine point, do not think, uh, we were talking about this earlier today, do not think that you can sit at home and just watch on TV and, and be a part of a church and get everything you need. Uh, being a part of a fellowship and a family is getting together. Amen. And, and if, you, if you're not running a fever, you're beyond whatever quarantine point it is and all, you need to be in the house of God somewhere. Find you a place to go and worship. And, and be involved with what they're doing. Amen. Uh, so listen, I'm going to pray and we're going to move into worship tonight so uh, we can do that. So Father, we thank you that we get to be together. Lord, I am just so humbled by your presence that's already here and, and all the things that you've been doing, Lord. Lord, the opportunities that I've had to, to share the gospel with people and share, share the love of Christ with people, I'm just so thankful for that, Lord, the people I've been able to pray with. And I know others can say the same thing. But tonight, we thank you for being here. We, we just want to say thank you. And tonight, we want to worship you. We want to love on you. And we want to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor that, that you deserve and so much more. Our words can't even compare to it. So, Lord, just have your way in this service today, in this church. Lord, as we worship you and we, we glorify your name and we say this and ask this all in Jesus' name. Let me go get my ears on. Amen. Well, we're going to stand up tonight. We're going to we're going to sing some songs. Hallelujah. It's good to be getting our worship team back together again. Some were sick, so we were taking some time apart to make sure everybody was good and healthy and all that stuff. I guess everybody has to do that nowadays, amen. But hey, we're just all being smart. So Hallelujah. We put that right there. Awesome. And open this water bottle up so I don't have to do it. All right, you ready?
worthy of every breath we could ever need. We live for you.
come before the light of God and say, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. Glory. You are worthy of 
Sing that again. Come on, pull that down and just. You are awesome. 
Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and glory tonight, Lord, because you are due, Lord, because you are worthy. You are awesome. You are holy. Words can't even describe it, Father. We love you. God, you're so amazing. Mm. You're so amazing. Thank you for being in this place tonight, Lord. I, I pray, Father, that you would anoint these words tonight in the name of Jesus. That you would anoint these words. I'm going to preach from right there. Have your way in this place in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, say amen with me tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The drummer's happy. Got to set behind the set again. Hallelujah. I'm going to stay right here tonight. Hallelujah. Yeah. Open that puppy up for me because you know I can't do that with one hand. Well, I can, but it's so much easier. Cookie, I like the, the, the sound of that tailor, man. I like that thing. Listen, I want you to grab your Bibles tonight. I, I didn't put any of this in there. There's not a whole lot, guys, if y'all want to do it, though. Uh, hallelujah. First Peter chapter 5, 6 through 8. Um, I want to talk to you about the spirit of intimidation. I, I heard somebody use the scripture... And, and they shared something about that scripture. I, you know, I've heard that scripture preached so many times. And, but when I heard them, they, they, they used a different translation. And they went in and brought in the commentaries. And I was, it, was, it was one of those, you know, you ever had that word? It was like, ha, 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 ha. That's what that means. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha. Yeah, I'm saying it again. Let me get some water. Hallelujah. Thanks, Megan. One of our one of our worshipers or singers. Uh, we're all the worshipers up here. She's she's at the house. She has a sick child and she was just texting me while I get it, you know, on here. So we miss you guys. Y'all gonna get healthy. Father, I just want to pray for them. Lord, I pray right now for, for their household in the name of Jesus that there would be health in that home. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke sickness that keeps trying to come against it through the children. I rebuke you, and I just release a hedge of protection around this home. The sickness cannot go through in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You say, well, pastor, how can you release a hedge of protection? Well, if you read the book of Job, Satan couldn't mess with Job because he had a hedge around him. So you know what? I believe I can. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. I think it's in the Amplified. I'm sorry. I probably should have told you that beforehand, but it's just a button up there. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 6. If you bow low, I, I think it's, I don't even know. No, don't worry about it. It's all right. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Maybe the message. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. He will always tenderly care for you. Be well-balanced and always alert. This is where I want you to look at. Be well-balanced and always alert. Because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. 
strong, vigorous faith. That's who we're supposed to be. Take a stand. But you know, a lot, honestly, a lot of times we cower down to him. And the problem is we don't even realize it because, let me grab my phone, because we have been allowing the spirit of intimidation to, to get into our minds. Intimidation, confusion, all of those different things. I want you to jump now over to Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. I think this is the message. Uh, it starts out from the moment John stepped onto the scene. I can't remember if it's the message or the passion. I just, I want you to see this. This is the verse that somebody said that just really got me. Went, ooh, I messed that up. I've heard, I've heard this said many times. I'm going to read it to you in the King James. Let me flip my Bible back over to the King James. Don't hate me. I left my other Bible at the house. Yes, the preacher left his other Bible at the house. Forgive me. You got to love me if you want to go to heaven. But I generally do have my other Bible with me up here. Matthew chapter 11. Did I even put down the right one? Hallelujah. No, I did not. That's okay. Whew. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. No, totally the wrong one, but that's okay. I'm going to keep going. I want you to think about this for a second. I'm going to find it in just a second. I'm just trying to remember. I thought it was Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. But it's from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. Passionate people have taken hold of its power. You know, that's the one that we generally see the scripture in the King James. It says that the kingdom of God has suffered violence and the violent take it by, forth, by force. You know, I've heard that for years of, of you know, here it is, the kingdom, of, uh, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent and the violent take it by force. But I heard it in another translation. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken, over, taken hold of its power. If somebody finds it, tell me. Oh, yeah, great. Like I can see that. Hallelujah. Let me see what it... Which one did I put it in? Yeah, I know, but was it Matthew chapter 11, verse 12? Then why my phone literally did not show that scripture. That is crazy. I'm looking at... Ma oh, sorry, I hit Matthew 17. Okay. I'm going to sit down now. I'm like, why isn't my Jesus? Matthew chapter, I just really, I want to read it to you in the King James first, though, which I didn't put it down and I should have. That was my mistake. I'm sorry. Here we go. I was like, Jesus, oh, my God. That's when you start questioning if you put anything in the right. Yeah, from the days of John the Baptist until now, this is perfect. Thank you. Until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault, and the violent men seize it by force. And I've always been, I've heard that preached, and I've never really done any digging into it. But from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, and passionate people, look at this, passionate people have taken hold of its power. I, I want to read to you what the commentary says about this. Again, if I would have just read a commentary that explained the words a little bit more, I would have had complete understanding of it. Look at this. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The Greek verb may be either in the middle voice, forces its way violently, 
or passive as in the English version. But there is little doubt that the latter is the right rendering. The words describe the eager rush of the crowds of Galilee and Judea. Crowds of Galilee and Judea, first to the preaching of the Baptist and then to that of Jesus. They were running to him. Okay? It was, and as it were, a city attacked on all sides by those who were eager to take its possession. Now look at the next part. The violent take it by force. The Greek noun is without the article. Men who are violent or use force. The meaning is determined by the preceding clause. The Hebrew language, the Greek language is so much more than ours. The violent are men of eager zeal who grasp the kingdom of heaven. They grasp it. It's peace and pardon and blessedness, which are much eagerness as men would snatch and carry off all their own, the spoil of a conquered city. Their new life is, in the prophet's language, given to them as a prey. There is no thought of hostile purpose in these words. But yet our language, they use violent. Violent. I want to ask you a question. Looking at this, does it still make sense? Not really. But I was talking to somebody earlier today, and, and we just begin to throw out word pictures of things that might help uh, it make more sense. So, so let me put it this way. The realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, and passionate people are running for it. Let's think of Black Friday. We all have mixed feelings about, you know, the Black Friday sales the day after Thanksgiving. So we're going to use this big store right here next to us, Walmart. The doors are closed. How many days in advance are people lining up to get in there? Yeah, days, right? They're, they're days. I can't even say hours. And what are they waiting for? That one poor soul who has to click that lock button and run for their life, right? Because it's fixing to burst forth. What is going to burst forth? Is the kingdom of heaven going to burst forth? Is, is the sales inside Walmart going to burst forth? No. It's already there. It's just somebody unlocked it, but everybody outside knows that it's in there. You see what I'm saying? They're waiting for their access. See, in the Old Testament, we, we had no access to the presence of God. You see where I'm going with this? We had no access to the presence of God. There was only certain people that seemed to have the access. And we had to constantly give sacrifices so that he didn't come and, and kill us. And, and even the priests who did have minimal access to him had to wear bells on the bottom of their robes and a rope so that when they walked into the Holy of Holy, if there was sin on their life, they'd drop dead and they'd hear the bells would stop ringing. So they could drag him out by the rope because they couldn't go in and get him. But when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was ripped from the top to the bottom. And that's when I, I've always, my picture, I'm just, my picture was is, is if God was in a spirit form, like, you know, look like a human being, he was just like, I want out of here. I want to be with my people. So, so now the kingdom of heaven is there. But only those people, like it says here, that, that understand that it's there can go and get it. So Walmart, you've got the sale ads, and they've been pumping it up, 
pumping it up, pumping it up, and you're standing at the door saying, let me in. And if they're supposed to open at 5 a.m., and if it's 5.01, what happens? The mob gets angry. The mob gets really angry. Why? Because they, 5 o'clock was supposed to come open. They want in. That's how we should be with the Spirit of God, with the Word of God, with the presence of God, whatever we want to call it. We should be because we want the access. Eager people willing to stand outside all night long to do what? To get into the presence of God. To get into the Word of God. To get into the, to the prayer room. To, to get in to spend time with the Father. Jonathan, I can tell you, I think this is going to turn a little bit right here. Uh, just going to pause there for a moment. So if this is how it's supposed to be, from the moment John the Baptist stepped onto the scene until now, why is it that we have to roll out a red carpet for the church people? We have to put a coffee bar out front and have the right flavor coffee. If it's not community, they're not coming. Why is it we have to do that to try to get people to come into the house of God where the presence of God is at, where other believers are hungry and they're chasing after what God is doing? Oh, Jesus. I don't want to stay there too long. I may run off my online crowd. Can I throw this at you? I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stay there too long. Can I throw this at you? There was this place over in Brownsville. Hmm. There was this little revival that was going on. I say little, but it wasn't little. It was very large. I'm being facetious. Can I tell you that people waited all night long to be able to try to even get in the building? Why? Because the Spirit of God was in that building, and they knew that when they got into that building, there was a good chance they were going to have a miracle in their life, or they were going to have an experience in their life. Something was going to happen. I've watched the videos of people in the baptismal tank. Now, I know you guys can't see this, but our baptismal tank's over there. And, and I can tell you there was people that were coming in, strung out on drugs because of the fact the Spirit of God drew them into that place that night. They would get saved down there at the altar. They would be set free. They would go up and baptize them, and their toe would hit the water, and they would disappear under it. And they'd come up praying in the Spirit of God, set free, dancing in the tank. There was people that they would carry in because they were in wheelchairs, and they'd come walking out. See, we would fight to get to that. But the problem is, is that our churches today have become so hum and drab and quiet. And, oh, brother, don't run around and the Spirit hits you because it may bother somebody. We can't play that song that loud, Matt. My God, brother, how... Why you got to be so loud on the drums? We, listen, this thing moves every week. We got the, the soundproofing moves because now we have another drummer that it looks like a, there's wood chips flying all over. He's playing so hard. You see, if we get past all of the mess and focus on what God is doing, oh, Jesus, it, it was like a post I shared today on Facebook. It's not about your pastor. It's about your hunger. I mean, let me read this real quick to you. Your pastor doesn't determine whether you have a good church service or not. It's your hunger. When are we going to come to church with a hunger that says, I've got to see Jesus. I've 
got to have him. I don't care how many songs they have. I don't care how long the preacher preaches. I'm going to find me a place at the altar and say, Jesus, I'm not leaving here till you show up tonight. I've got to have a change in my life. Why? We're just not hungry enough. We'll stand in line all night long at Walmart. Whew. But we won't show up to church till about 1130. Because the preacher will be past the giving portion. And that loud music will be done. So Matt will be sitting down. And he'll be probably pretty close to getting out. So we can say we showed up today. I'm trying to get away from this, guys. I, I really am. Whew. How about this? The people that laid next to the pool of Bethesda. Right? The people laid next to the pool of Bethesda, they were waiting for what? For an angel to come into the water and just tap the water and they'd see the waves and they'd fight to get in. Why? Because they'd get healed, they'd get touched, whatever they needed. Why aren't people lining up outside of the churches today for a healing? Because they don't happen in the churches the way they used to because people aren't preaching about it. People aren't hungry for it. Why have we seen people healed here? Because we're hungry for a move of God. We want to see what happened in the book of Acts happen in this place, happen outside the building. We have got to get back to that place. But now we're going to move over to this thing called intimidation because I believe this is part of what we're facing here in the church today. The definition of intimidation is this. To make you timid. No, there's more. I need some water now. Intimidation has come into the church house just like the spirit of religion has. Listen to this. Intimidation will fill you with fear. As though the force or your personality or by your superior display. Wait a minute. A su dis superior display. That sounds kind of like pride. This is the definition. As though the force of personality or by your superior display of your talent. Hmm. Or to force into a deter from some action by inducing fear. You mean intimidation can make me afraid? Yeah. Intimidation can make me feel like I'm being too prideful when I'm praying for somebody and God gives me a word. I can't tell them that. Who am I to get a word like that? that that's, that's Jose's job, not mine. That's the pastor's job. I can't go pray for that person to be healed. That's Matt's job. You just got the job, Matt. It's no longer my job. Matt's job. Right? You see, intimidation comes in and says, I'm not good enough. Intent, and, and listen, let me, let me break it really down to you. Intimidation even gets to the point. I got to go grab this. I was trying to stay up on the stage. No, you don't have to. I'm going back up there. I got my other little Bible right here, but I, I need it. I, I just can't. I can't do it without it. Intimidation says, I want to speak the words of God. Who are you? Your mouth isn't clean. Even the prophet said that my tongues, my lips are not clean. Touch the cold in my lips. Intimidation will use the very scriptures against you that you're trying to quote. Who are you? The priest would walk into the presence of God and have to do this. With bells, remember? Who are you to say I can walk into the presence of God and stand? I can tell you who it is. It's the Spirit of God through the Word of God that says it. Yeah, but I'm not good enough. Hmm. Maybe, maybe you've been fighting this thing called pride too much. I don't want to be proud. We, we talked about this earlier. 
I think maybe we need to divide the word pride and proud a little bit better. Why? Because remember what we saw in the very beginning? If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Sounds like humility to me. So I'm not supposed to get excited, excited that God is using me? No, brother, that's pride. You, you, you can't do that. What do you mean? I prayed with somebody, and, and they got up out of a wheelchair. Don't, don't get too proud, brother. Don't get too. God may put that person back in a wheelchair. Hmm. I don't think so, but you see, I, I want to be proud of, because of what God is doing. I want to be proud because of what God is doing in my life. Because I know where I came from, and I know what God is doing, and I know what God wants to do. But the church world looks at that as pride, not proud. And the enemy comes in and says, you're not supposed to be pride. Well, you're supposed to be humble and poor and meek. Jesus was poor and meek. Jesus was not poor. Can I tell you, Jesus Christ was not poor? He had enough money that he let a thief carry the bag of money. Think about it. He had enough money that he, he let the thief carry the bag of money. Oh, and when he didn't have the money in the bag, what did he tell him? Hey, go fish, and uh, the, the first fish you catch, open his mouth. There's going to be some gold coins in there. Go pay my taxes. I pay yours too, by the way. He was not poor. He was humble in the biblical sense. But to the world, he probably looked very proudful if we were to see him today. You see... We don't do anything for God because we have intimidation in our life and we don't want to be proud. We don't want to be prideful. We, we don't want somebody to say, well, who does he think he is? Listen, I've got people that have said, who does he think he is? And you know what I tell them? I know exactly who I am today. The problem was is I didn't know who I was before. Before I was a lost man going to hell, thought I had everything right. Today I'm a child of God, preaching the word of God, standing firmly on his promises, just praying and seeing God do things. Do I want to see more? Yes, I do. Do I want to see the dead raised? Yes, I do. Brother, you're going to fall into pride. No. I'm going to fall into proud because you know what? My heavenly father is doing what his word says and he has to do what his word says. See, this spirit of intimidation is very powerful. It'll come in and it'll begin to, to move upon you and it'll, it'll fake itself. But we cannot allow this thing to fake us anymore. People are hiding at home because of fear of a COVID virus. And I understand it's a serious sickness to some and not as much to others. I'm not, I'm not coming against that. But what I'm trying to say is, is we have allowed fear to begin to intimidate us. And now we've seen our church around the nation, around this nation, sitting at home because they heard somebody that's preaching from a pulpit that's also intimidated, that's saying, well, you can stay at home. It'll be okay. But for how long? How long do we have to stay at home? I'm tired of staying at home. Oh, we didn't stay at home. Darn. See, intimidation will hold you back in many, many areas. In many, many areas. Why is it we won't operate in intimidation when, when we go to Walmart on the, the, the day after Thanksgiving, the Black Friday sale? But when we walk into the church, the first thing we want to, I can't clap too loud. Somebody may think I'm crazy. Why is that? Why, why is it that, that we get so intimidated? Well, brother, I'm staying humble in the presence of God. No, you're not. You're lying to yourself and everybody around you. 
Stop it. Get out of intimidation. Why? Because God wants to take care of you. He wants to use you. And if you're hungry, you will go chase after what God's kingdom is pushing out right now. It is flowing out from the throne of God. His blessings, his health, all of those things are pouring out right now. But as long as you say, I, I, I only have to remain humble, I can't do anything else. No, fear is going to rule your life. Well, how do I know that was God saying I needed to pray for this person? How do you know it wasn't? Just as simple as that. How do you know it wasn't? Number one, is it going to cost you any money? It might. Okay, still. How do you know it wasn't? Right? We, we put so many excuses on what God wants to do. And that's the spirit of intimidation. That is just the spirit of intimidation. God has a plan for your life. He wants to use you. And you know what? I'm going to say it this way, and I'll probably get some bad posts online. But I'm just saying it the way I need to say it tonight for somebody to understand what it is. God doesn't care about your past because it's already been covered by the blood of Jesus. And as far as he's concerned, it never happened. And the only thing that's going to happen in your life is what you allow God to do through your life from this point on. So I don't care what you've done in your past. It's under the blood when you uh, prayed a prayer and accepted Jesus. And now that you're hungry and you're chasing after him, you will see the kingdom of God burst forth in your life. Yeah, but I'm still doing things. Then get over it. Put it under the blood. Well, I can't get past it. God is enough. Either the blood is enough or it's not enough. Either it's enough to forgive you and save you and set you free or it's not. As far as I see in the word of God, the blood of Jesus, they put it on the mercy seat and it was the last sacrifice that had to happen. So there was nothing in your life that that sacrifice could not cover. So we've got to move past this intimidation. We've got to move past this spirit of fear and religion. Whatever it is, it's holding us back because there's a dying world out there. As we sit in here complaining, we sit in here trying to figure out what songs we want to play, what the air conditioner should be on, what type of coffee we need to buy. We spend more time trying to figure out our children's programs than we do outreach on how we're going to save the lost. Intimidation. You know what? I hope tonight you can sense this. Intimidation. Do we see intimidation happening in our nation right now? Yes, we do. There's so many factions coming up, and I'm not being political in any way. You've got the left, the right, the in-between, the, the 2.5 on this side. You, you've got all these different groups. You've, you've got these, these cities that, that they're out protesting which protesting is not a bad thing, but then all of a sudden it becomes violent and they're destroying the hard work of men and women. Why are they doing that? To intimidate people. Then you got those carrying guns and those not carrying guns. And then you got people getting shot and this. Listen, it is a spirit of intimidation that is coming. Why? Because the spirit is trying to take control of this nation and this world. The Antichrist is trying to take control. And if we're not careful, we will give it to him. But can I tell you, I don't believe God's work is done. I don't believe God's work is done, and we cannot operate under a spirit of fear or intimidation or religion, whatever it is. I don't care what spirit it is. We cannot operate under it. Why? Because God has a plan for us, and he has a plan for this world, and this world is dying. And until Jesus Christ comes back and gets us, we are not done, period, not done. Until he comes through and says, come home with me, you are not finished. 
I don't care how old you are, how young you are, you are not done. Let's get rid of these things in our life. And tonight, we need to make a declaration that says this. I will not be controlled by fear. I will not be controlled by a spirit of intimidation. I will not let a spirit of religion move into me. Yeah, but brother, there's doctrines. I don't care what denomination you're with. I know what the Word of God says. And this much I know. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to forgive those that, are, that have had sin. He came to fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't care if you believe in speaking in tongues or not. He still came to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Speaking in tongues is an evidence of that. It's the evidence that you are filled. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives more than ever before. So come stand with me tonight. And we're going to make a declaration. We're just going to say it right there. And I'm going to start it out, and I want you to, to just go along with it, and I don't care. Dear Jesus, set me free from the spirit of fear. Set me free from the spirit of intimidation. Set me free from a spirit of religion. Move in me, Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and power. Come in and guide me. Comfort me. Speak to me, your child. Jesus. Guys, whatever else you feel in your life, you need to speak against tonight. God, I just speak against those things that, that come against me and, and try to get me to conform to this, that, or the other and, and try to tell me that this is the way you should operate and this is the way you should operate. Lord, give me the freedom through your spirit and through your word to only operate as the pastor and leader of this church according to your will and your word. Let me not be turned left or right by any spiritual influence through any person or through myself. Do not let me mentally be turned by those things. Lord, and I release your peace over children right now, the, the children that are at home, Lord, with so much confusion going on. I come against this confusing spirit, this confusing spirit that begins to bring delusions to people and begins to twist their mind and warp them. It's just another attack of the enemy. You know, maybe you don't believe in all these different spiritual things. Then, then just rebuke Satan on everything. It doesn't matter. It's a spiritual attack coming against your mind, your body, your home, because the roaring lion is out there to seek that which he may devour. Remember 1 Peter 5. God, I release it tonight. Lord, and I know there are some that are watching right now that have never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, or maybe they have only by lip service. Lord, I pray right now that through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you would speak to them, you would draw their hearts, and they would get on their knees and say, I need Jesus Christ. Church, we all need Jesus every day, every day. And we've got to become hungry and passionate, hungry and passionate for him. Who cares if the world laughs at you? Who cares if your friends laugh at you? One day they're going to come to you and say, I need prayer. I need your help. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for all that you've released in this place tonight, God. And Lord, I, I pray that, that the words that I spoke tonight, Lord, as I believe they're from you, that they would, would not have harmed anyone spiritually. 
I know how people can, can take things and twist them. But Lord, I pray that they would be planted deep in our hearts and in our spirits and that they would begin to grow. The watering of your word. As we begin to get in your word, let it, let it begin to grow in us. The mighty army of the church of the living God. The bride of Christ. As the whole earth is groaning. And I ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, listen. Tune in Sunday, but you need to be here. You need to be here. You need to be here, I'm telling you. If, if this was only a touch of what's going to happen, you need to be here. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, get here at 945. Hey, love you guys. Thank you all for coming tonight. Tune in and watch this again. If you want to, share it on Facebook. Listen, just a quick update for you. YouTube and Facebook kick us off all the time. That's why you'll notice that the links I share are none to neither one of those. I, I share the link directly to our website. Go to our website, newlifeag.church. Click on Messages. You can be able to find all the past messages. You'll be able to find what's live because they don't kick us off. We, we pay for a live streaming license that lets us play the music that we get. Every service we do, YouTube kicks us off one song at a time, and I have to fight it, and they always come back and say no anyways. I, I have to do the same thing on Facebook. So you know what? Let's get around their democracy, or I don't, I don't call it democracy, uh, their, their attacks, I'll call it that. And, and share the link that I shared tonight, and we're going to continue to share that link constantly. Amen. Love you guys online. Hey, make sure you, if you're in the Marksville, Missouri area, you need to be here Sunday morning if you don't already have a church. Amen. God bless you and love you. Love you guys as well, and thank you for being here tonight. Amen.